Welcome to PwC's Next in Health podcast. I'm Ben Isger, leader of PwC's Health Research Institute. And today I have Trina Tadaros with me, who leads HRI's Regulatory Center. Welcome, Trina. Thanks, Ben. Great to be here, as always. Well, Trina, as we were chatting before the show, I was saying I'm very excited about this topic you're going to cover with us today, which is around vaccinations against COVID-19 for kids. And you've got some really interesting data around parental attitudes towards vaccinations. So maybe we could start there just at a top line. What have you learned about parents and their willingness to get their kids vaccinated? Yeah, you know, just like you, I have a personal interest in this because I have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old. And so currently, at the time of this recording, the age that the vaccines are authorized for is 16 and up. So we're, you know, I've been waiting to see when uh, I can get my kids vaccinated. And so looking into this, I was really actually surprised to see that just 44% of mothers said that they were willing to have their children vaccinated against COVID-19 in a survey of 19,000 Americans conducted this year in 50 states. So these researchers, they went out and they they surveyed Americans and just 44% of moms said that they were willing to have their children vaccinated. So I was actually really surprised by that, how low that number is. It's really amazing to me. Yeah, you know, and it's a personal issue for me as well. I think that's something that we share. And in fact, many of our HRI team have kids at home and some of them actually fall into this age group of when can we have this happen? One question I had is, have we seen attitudes change between the pre-pandemic in terms of parental attitudes towards vaccinations versus where we are now? Yeah, you know, actually, in some ways, yes, in some ways, no. So before the pandemic, firms that have looked into or groups that have looked into attitudes toward vaccination found that parents of young children are more concerned about the risk of side effects from the MMR vaccine. So this is the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. And so you had parents of young children in particular more vaccine hesitant than the general U.S. population. And basically, pre-pandemic, the younger the children, the more skeptical or hesitant the parents were. And so that was sort of the situation going in. And we have, you know, in this country and around the world, there are groups of parents who are really skeptical and hesitant to get their children vaccinated. And this has been uh, an issue for years. And so going into the pandemic, you know, that's what we're kind of starting with is a group of parents who don't want to get their children vaccinated under any circumstances, who don't believe the vaccines are safe. And so going into it, that's kind of what we're building from. But I think that the finding of these researchers, the researchers are from Northwestern University, Northeastern University, and Harvard University. Their findings, again, even knowing this, the low number, the 44% of mothers, I'll note that 64% of U.S. fathers said that they were willing to have their children vaccinated against COVID-19. So the numbers between the mothers and the fathers don't align (laughs) very much. But the moms, I was really surprised that were going into or, or were in the COVID pandemic and that still that number is pretty low. I'll say that the difference with the pandemic now is that if you survey parents, it doesn't really seem to matter how old the children are. It doesn't align with differences in in attitudes. Parents of young kids, parents of kids who are, you know, sort of tweens, parents of teens, basically the numbers are the same in terms of a likelihood to vaccinate kids. 
that's some pretty interesting data you threw out there. So, you know, we've got parents of younger children were more vaccine hesitant than the general U.S. population. And, and that was looking at pre-pandemic with the MMR vaccine. You've also mentioned, look, we've got a difference between mothers and fathers in terms of hesitancy, resistance to vaccine. So that's going to be some interesting conversations around the dinner table for our families. There was another aspect that you had brought up, which is around, is there any connection between parents' attitudes towards vaccinating themselves versus vaccinating their children? Any connection there? Yeah, yeah. This was an interesting finding, too. It turns out that the likelihood of getting yourself vaccinated lines up really well with your likelihood of getting your children vaccinated, whether you're a mother or father. So when they ask parents, how likely are you to get yourself vaccinated? Then they ask them, how likely are you to get your children vaccinated? The numbers pretty much line up. If you're going to get yourself vaccinated, you're probably going to get your children vaccinated. If you're not going to get yourself vaccinated, you're probably not going to get your children vaccinated. And so when you look at that, when they looked at mothers, 28% of mothers that they surveyed said that they were extremely unlikely to get themselves vaccinated. And when they asked about their children, 27% of mothers said that they were extremely unlikely to get their children vaccinated. For fathers, that number was just 16%. So 16% of fathers said that they were unlikely to get themselves, extremely unlikely to get themselves vaccinated. And 14% of fathers said that they were extremely unlikely to get their children vaccinated. So the numbers kind of line up. And so what you can extrapolate from that is if you look at the general population and look at parents who have gotten themselves vaccinated already, if you look at when we get these 12 to 15-year-olds able to be vaccinated, you can probably extrapolate out that if they got themselves vaccinated, they're probably going to get their kids vaccinated. And if they are holding out and unlikely or unwilling to get themselves vaccinated, then their kids are not probably going to get vaccinated either. And so when we look at that and we kind of look at the landscape across the country and we look at some areas in particular, some states in particular, where there are low rates of vaccination for COVID already, you know, once we get the 12 to 15 year olds able to be vaccinated, those areas, those schools, there'll be pockets of populations that have much lower rates than other parts of the country. And so we see that in regular vaccination situations too, clusters of unvaccinated kids, And so then you have kind of a vulnerable population in terms of spreading disease because you have, it's not evenly spread across the country. There are pockets here and there of people who will remain vulnerable to the virus. So anyway, that's what one of the interesting findings from this survey as well. It was called the COVID States Project, and they've been doing a lot of surveying around vaccination in particular and COVID-19 attitudes in general. You know, there's so many facets to this one. And I think all of these different attitudes based on demographics, sub-demographic groups, goes back to some of the points we've been making in this podcast over the last few months, that to have a good intervention, you really have to know about the patient population that you're working with and what it's going to take to influence them. Actually, I want to keep going down this pathway of discovering more and more around this vaccine hesitancy. And I want to ask about education. What's the difference between parents with a college degree versus without a college degree? How does that work? Yeah, so this is exactly right. You ask parents about their likelihood to be vaccinated themselves. So right now we're asking parents and non-parents, are you already vaccinated? Are you going to get vaccinated as soon as possible? Are you going to be vaccinated after at least some people I know have already received it or after most people I know have already received it or 
I would not get the COVID-19 vaccine, period. So this is sort of the options given to parents answering the survey and non-parents. It turns out that parents with no bachelor's degree are much less likely to be willing to be vaccinated than non-parents without a bachelor's degree. And that both groups, the non-parents and parents without bachelor's degrees, are much less willing to be vaccinated than non-parents and parents with bachelor's degree. So in other words, education level is really linked highly to willingness to be vaccinated. And just to give you a sense of how dramatic that is, parents without a bachelor's degree, if you look at the percentage that said, I would not get the COVID-19 vaccine, so this is sort of under any circumstances, 34% of parents without a bachelor's degree said that. If you look at parents with a bachelor's degree or higher, that percentage is just 10%. So we have 10% of parents with a bachelor's degree or higher saying that they would not get a COVID-19 vaccine. 34% of parents without a bachelor's degree are saying that. And so when you design programs that are aimed at trying to convince more people to get the vaccine, these are some of the things that have to be taken into consideration. There's education levels. There's all kinds of age of parents are also very highly correlated with willingness to get vaccinated. So these kinds of things are part of the segmentation and sort of the sophistication that has to go into thinking about how do we get more people vaccinated and how do we get their children vaccinated? Because, of course, as we already just said, the likelihood of getting your kids vaccinated is very much linked to whether you're going to get yourself vaccinated. And so 34 percent of parents that are saying, well, I'm not going to get vaccinated without a bachelor's degree they're very unlikely to also get their kids vaccinated. And so this is all part of this landscape that public health people are looking at right now. Well, I hate to do this to you, Trina, but I'm going to add just another layer here of complication. So now let's add income into this. And what did you find out in terms of hesitancy, parental status, and income, that triple play? Well, similarly, if you look at parents who earn under 25000 37% of parents earning under $25,000 a year say that they would not get the COVID-19 vaccine. Non-parents earning under $25,000 a year, the percentage is 27%. So there's a higher likelihood, almost in every case, of parents being less likely than non-parents to be vaccinated in any income level. You can kind of surmise why that might be. Maybe parents find that they think of vaccines as risky. And so they feel like, well, I'm not going to leave my kids without a parent or whatever. So I'm less likely to take that risk on their behalf. That could be some of the thinking. We really don't know from this survey specifically. Now, if you look at sort of the other end of the spectrum, the higher income parents, you have parents earning over $150,000 a year. Just 9% say that they would not get the COVID-19 vaccine non-parents in that category, 11%. So if you compare parents over $150,000 a year, you have 9%. Under $25,000 a year, you have 37% saying they would not get the COVID-19 vaccine. And again, this just aligns with whether they would get their children vaccinated. So again, you have a large proportion of parents earning under $25,000 a year, unlikely to get themselves vaccinated and also unlikely to get their children vaccinated. Yeah, it's interesting when you talked previously about education and now with income, the more education, the more income, the less likely we are to see a big difference in the hesitancy between the non-parent and the parent. It just shows you, I guess, how powerful income and education can be around you know, how people view the world and how they view risk. 
I do want to bring up, as we keep walking through this, another demographic aspect of vaccine hesitancy. This time, let's add in race. And as we've been saying on this podcast for the last year, the pandemic actually doesn't affect everyone equally. And there are large differences that have been observed depending on race, ethnicity, you know, where people live. So what does that look like based on race? One thread that you find throughout this entire survey is that parents in general are less likely to say that they're willing to get the COVID-19 vaccine than non-parents. So if you look at this by race, you have the same trend, the same pattern. White parents are less likely than white non-parents to say that they're going to get the vaccine. The same is true of Hispanic parents versus non-parents and Black parents versus non-parents and Asian American parents versus non-parents in every category. If you look at it sort of comparing, say, Black parents to Hispanic parents to white parents to Asian American parents, you have 30% of Black parents saying that they would not get the COVID-19 vaccine compared to 25% of Hispanic parents saying the same compared to 24% of white parents and then 9% of Asian American parents. Asian American parents are actually the most willing to get vaccinated in this survey. And you can compare down the line, non-parents sort of line up in the same way. And so again, we have the sort of correlation with parent status and also just a difference by race that we've seen throughout the pandemic. And we've known that Black Americans and Hispanic Americans are more hesitant to be vaccinated against COVID-19 for a whole host of reasons that involve current issues and problems with the way that healthcare treats Black and Hispanic Americans, and then a whole long history that goes back hundreds of years that also sort of links in with all this. There's a lot of hesitancy and mistrust. And so we are not surprised to see these results. I think the interesting new twist to it is the sort of parent versus non-parent slice there that shows us that, again, the parents are more unwilling to be vaccinated against COVID-19 than the non-parents. And again, this will probably trickle down to the kids. The kids will also be more unlikely to be vaccinated because the parents are unlikely. Well, how about our last facet on this one be where people live? And what I mean by that is rural residents versus suburban residents versus urban residents. What did you see in terms of parents versus non-parents and hesitancy? Yeah. So the parents, again, if you look at it by where people live, rural, they live in a rural area, a suburban area, or an urban area, you have, again, parents less likely to be vaccinated against COVID-19 or less willing than their non-parent neighbors. So in the case of rural, 33% of rural parents say that they would not get the COVID-19 vaccine. And if you look at their non-parent neighbors, 27% say that they would not get the COVID-19 vaccine. You look at suburban parents, 26% of suburban parents say that they would not get the COVID-19 vaccine. Their non-parent neighbors, 20%. And then urban, the most likely of all groups to get vaccinated, parent or non-parent, 17% of parents say that they would not get vaccinated against COVID-19. 15% of non-parents say the same. So again, parents less likely to, to embrace the vaccine than non-parents and you know, sort of stacking it by where you live. Rural overall are the least likely, or urban folks the most likely, and then suburban somewhere in between. 
Well, I loved everything that you brought to us today, because I think over the next week or so, we're going to hear more about the emergency use authorization, allowing younger children to be vaccinated. And you really walked through all of these complicated issues in terms of who's likely to get vaccinated by race, by income, by education, by where they live, by the age of the children, by the age of the parents. And I think what that tells us is if we want to get more people vaccinated, we're going to have to have these very targeted and specific communication and interventions to make sure that happens. And so this data, although it's complicated, it's a lot to go through. It's incredibly important in terms of where we are. So thank you, Trina, for bringing that to us today. Sure. My pleasure. Well, for more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please visit our website at pwc.com forward slash HRI. Until next time, this has been Next in Health. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.